You want to take a bite of the brownie first? That's supposed to, that's that means it's good if it's on the outside like that. It's crispy on the outside, moist on the inside. Just, Just like, like myself. <laughs> <laughs> break everybody bring you all of your comic geek and movie news all in the time it takes for you to eat a good sandwich and have a fresh baked brownie from scratch yeah my name is chris Tribble. alongside me as always is my co-host andrew dunn say hello andrew this is a good brownie yeah it really is i said brownies for both episodes i've never repeated one in a row oh yeah you did but i had to do it this time mm-hmm. because during, while we were taping the last episode andrew's girlfriend was making brownies apparently from scratch Whatever that means. <laughs> um, I bet you a box was involved somehow. Mm-hmm. She's just not saying it. But they're really good. Here's the thing for this week. Um, we were all set to record, and both of us were like, hey, what the hell are we going to talk about? And then you brought up an intriguing point that I'm, that I'm intrigued by. Yeah, I used intrigue twice right in on. the same sentence. And I'm going to stand by that. And it's about a certain character <clears throat> in a certain universe mm-hmm. where there are wars among the stars. Mm-hmm. And this character is Force-sensitive. Mm-hmm. And this character is not usually thought of as Force-sensitive. That's right. It's, um... And I want you to fucking explain yourself it's uh riker in star trek yeah and I, I i once you said it and i go back and look at it number one totally has the force only when he has the beard though yeah no yeah seasons one and two not nope. so much <clears throat> seasons three not through there. eight or seven or nine i forget how many seasons there are i think it's nine you're fired i'm pretty sure it's nine and in the movies he totally has the force no can so- you leave <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. I'll see you later. <laughs> um, no, so so tell me what you told me. Tell sure. them what you told me. Tell me <clears throat> what. Tell everyone. Tell me what I'll tell them. Yes. So I uh, I think we've gone over this before, but I I am made mention of it at certain points. Yeah. So I'm I'm near near certain that Han Solo is a is a fairly strong force user, or at least at least is fairly force sensitive. Okay. So when you say force sensitive, yeah, you don't mean he consciously knows he's well. Using correct. Force? Well, yes. In fact, okay. I would argue that the only reason he is unconscious of it is because he is so heavily suppressing it. Because he he at the beginning of the the first movie, uh, episode four, doesn't even believe in it. Right? He's saying hokey religions. Which, right. first of all, he was probably alive when the Jedi were running the show. Right? He was probably 10 um, years old. Yeah, well, how, do they establish how much older he is from Luke? If he is at all older. Right. Because he's he's born as the Jedi are being sort of taken care of. Right, but that's what I'm that's what I mean. So he when he becomes um old enough to really understand But at, what but at minimum was, adults, you know, 
Yeah, they would have. <laughs> yeah, okay. So it would have been like one generation off. So at least somebody would have been like, no, that shit's totally real. Yeah. Fair. Okay. So what evidence? Mm. I'm not sure. I Okay. I'm not sure I buy into this. And sure. even if I did, I'm not sure that I like it. Yeah. So, so that's, that's sort of what we've talked about before. Yeah. So that's why I want to kind of hash this out here and now. And we're going to make a definitive call. All right. And by definitive, I mean I'm going to make a decision. And it's going to be my decision for the night. All right. So let's start. What the? I kicked my mic. All right. (laughs) In passion. Yeah. I'm very very angry about this. Um, Okay. So Han Solo, force sensitive. Yep. Let's do it. All right. So um, we can start with the... uh, Wait, am I doing this right? I think I'm doing this wrong. I'm trying to tighten We're this. We're off to a great start. <laughs> I, know, I just realized I should have prepared Apparently for neither this. of us are force sensitive. No. <clears throat> I'm fork sensitive. When I bite the fork, it, I feel it in my teeth. I, um... You really gotta get your fucking fillings fixed. Then. I do. So, okay, so we can start with the obvious things. Okay, let's do it. Um, how about how powerful Kylo Ren is? Probably the most powerful force user that we have seen. Yes. He is the son of Han Solo. He is also the grandson of uh, Darth Vader. Yes. He and is, also the son of Leia. Who I also think is force sensitive. And that's yes, one. But that I would. Yes, but that, that I would. That one's a little understand. more obvious. Yeah. yeah. And that one's, that one's a in little fact, more obvious. Yoda kind of insinuates that, doesn't he? No. Uh, she does. She says. Because um, he comes up to her. Luke comes up to her and says, uh, you know, I have something to tell you or, or something. And, and she sort of says, you're my brother, aren't you? That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. I, I know there's some insinuation yeah. in Jedi that yes, she it has is Jedi. the force kind of flowing through her. Yeah. Um, okay. So and, that's, and, and that is partially thanks to Han Solo. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. So it begins. So, okay. So we've got... Uh, now, one would think, based on genetics, that if you have someone who is not a force user and mm-hmm. someone who is... A mild force user, mm-hmm. even if they have, you know, clearly Leia has some sort of recessive gene or at least an unhoned talent. Um, she, she, there's something coming from that other, the the other parent. You know, there the must be side. for Kylo Ren to be so strong. He's he's much much stronger than Darth Vader ever was. The fact that he can stop a blaster uh, bolt. In midair, right. In right. the amount of time and precision it takes to do that right. is astounding. <clears throat> you know, it's the speed of light, basically, because I imagine it's a laser rifle of some kind. Right. So that alone is uh, showing him to be very impressive, including being able to uh, rip thoughts out of people's heads. That's a new thing that we've never seen sure. before. yes. Um, and this is all, of course, exacerbated by whatever training he received from Luke Skywalker. Uh, but that alone, I think, is, is and the... And also, I'm going to... We don't know this for sure, but I would also assume not only Luke Skywalker, but um, what's his name? Snoke. Well, yeah, certainly. That, I think, is the most obvious thing. That being said, there's a lot of other little things that contribute to this, and it is is the sum of its parts. All right, so before we go on to the next point, I I might end up just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, I see what you're saying about, about Kylo Ren having a strong force, but coming from... Being the grandson of Darth Vader and the son of Leia. Obviously, he's going to have... He would probably have some sort of force sensitivity in him already. Couldn't you argue that 
Han Solo has nothing to do with that. And the power that he exhibits is mainly from a training and exercise point of view. I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> Basically, what I'm saying is... is I, I got you. How much you know, of it is talent and how much how of much, it is training? Yeah, how, is, how much is nature and how much is nurture? I got you. So, here's why I don't think so. And there's a couple reasons. One, the things that he has done, the things that he can do, mm-hmm. one, don't seem like things that Luke, as a... A light side force user would teach to a person abstracting um, thoughts. thoughts from another yes. person uh, against their will. Right. Um, now, stopping a blaster, that's the sort of thing I could see that could come in handy. Um, it's not... How much does Luke know? We saw his training for the most part. Right. What, what could he possibly have to teach more of than... What we saw, right? You know? But don't forget that there is a there is a time period in between Jedi and Force Awakens. Yes, that we haven't seen. No, that's true. But that we... his training could essentially with whole, the, the whole Force Ghost thing with mm-hmm. Obi Wan and yeah. Yoda, his training essentially could continue after that. Certainly, and in fact, um, there's actually a a comic series that's um, I, I forget what what it is exactly, but it's a comic series that's what would happen, what would the storyline be like if this one thing was different? I, I think it's if. Uh, if Luke misses the Death Star, right? So how oh, does yeah, that change? Oh yeah, I do. Him? I have heard of this. Yeah. So and and in that uh, alternate timeline, he finishes his training. Right. Now that being said, okay, great. What did we see in Jedi after his training is finished mm-hmm. that would uh, inform us that he is good enough to do any of the things that we see that he that he is powerful enough to teach another person right. all of those things? Well, you're right. I will. Yes, I will. I will. We see him do the generic Jedi mind trick, he, right. and he fails at it. He doesn't even do it successfully. When does he do on Jabba? Yes, but he. But I always assume that Jabba was actually force sensitive. I mean, it could be. It's. It's also. It's more likely that uh, I think the general rule of thumb is that certain, um, certain minds are are, are too great. Yes. Yeah. 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 And Jabba is so smart. Right. That. Uh, that that's the case, um, but but I mean, you know, you could make an argument about the uh, how much of it is teaching, but right. I, I don't know. We haven't been given enough of wh- who would have taught him these things, when, right. where. Snow could, of course, have taught him some of these things too, but you can't teach reaction time that no, well. But you, know? you also um, there's also I don't think anything in the Star Wars universe that states. Um, that having only one parent who is force sensitive or two parents that are force sensitive um, dictates how strong you are with the force. Sure, but general, um, the, just the way the universe works. Right. If you have one that is one and one that is zero, yeah. that combine and make something yes. that's 50% of one genetics and 50% of the other, you would expect right. it to be in between zero and one. Right, but also if you're thinking about this, okay, so. Now again, this gets into genetics, and yeah. since this is a fictional universe, <laughs> essentially these yeah. these genetics could be different. Sure, but for what look like humanoids, yeah, if they work with the same genetics as us, the sure. way that genes work, yeah, yeah, there's a dominant and a and a. I, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah and I, I and so if his force gene is dominant, uh huh, then it doesn't matter. So what you're saying is, Shmi Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker. Leia Organa have all had the recessive gene. No, what I... Yeah, And then Kylo I, Ren has the dominant one. No, but what I'm saying is that... 
That, no, what I'm saying is they, they all have a... Yeah, I guess kind yeah, of... Yeah, that's what you're saying. Is that yeah. like... They're, but, but you know, Darth Vader clearly doesn't. You know, he right. clearly is a, a very powerful he has the force user. Gene. And yet, he's nowhere near as strong as Kylo Ren is. No, but again, I would say that that some of that can be chalked up to certain training and certain practice. Yeah. I'm building up to it. Uh, yeah, I mean I just we, I don't I don't follow how having two parents with with I guess with force sensitive is fourth let me try that. I'm gonna back that one up and take a run and start. Go at for it. it. I don't see how having two parents with force sensitivity equals being stronger in the force. Unless midichlorians? Yep. The number that would increase your it's number in your blood. Midichlorians? Yeah. I mean, in theory, two people with a high midichlorian count would have a child with a high midichlorian count, you would expect. Two people with low midichlorian counts would have a child with low midichlorian count. I mean that's that's just nature, you know. So I'm serious, but I, no. <laughs> I don't mean midichlorians <laughs> necessarily. Like, that's just nature. it's science. Everyone knows that. Yeah, I saw that on Mr. Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you ever watched Mr. Wizard? It's been a while. All right, so that's, but I do that's... remember his famous midichlorians. <laughs> Thank you. Good. I'm glad you remember. Bill Nye had one as well. Right. So so. There's that. That it sort of is just the way that we expect science to okay. work. What, what, regardless yeah, of what okay. X is. All right. So there's that. So what else you got? All right. So there's lots of other little things. Now, that, like I said, that's the biggest one, but right. it's the sum of its parts. Sure. Why don't we? Uh, uh, where do we start from? How about the the fact that Han Solo successfully and fearlessly and confidently navigates an asteroid field when the odds of successfully navigating an asteroid field are three thousand seven hundred and twenty to one, which is not at all true in real life, because asteroids are many miles away from each other. <laughs> it's this really is... easy to drive through one. Then couldn't you argue that if he's force sensitive, he probably brought those asteroids together? <laughs> he could have. But uh, I guess we either didn't know that or George Lucas neglected that point <laughs> during the movie. The, film um, the movie. I mean, there are several scientific points that George L- Lucas neglected well, certainly. during the movie. But we, There's I mean... a shot I've noticed. I mean, this is in the special edition, obviously. But they look <laughs> out the window and there is a galaxy swirling about outside of a spaceship window and i was like that's not scientifically possible because that's a galaxy and so that's a bunch of other stars they wouldn't be that close to that thing what are you talking about galaxy they're in one of them in uh i think empire you know that you can see andromeda with your own eyes right Right, but it is like it takes up the entire window i mean it probably could be at some point we're going to be that close to andromeda and like 10 million years or i something. guess maybe but it's just like i'm like that's not how space works yeah probably i mean it's unlikely but space probably would work that way like you can get galaxies that circle around each other that are very close and eventually we're going to fuse with andromeda so it's uh you God, know, i hope uh, i live for that i hate to defend the prequels <laughs> any more than i need to yeah but, stop doing that yeah i know so All anyway right. he navigates this i mean in real life an asteroid field is very easy to navigate but this asteroid field that we see very soon after hearing the odds of navigating one mm-hmm. is pretty pretty crazy right um so we've also seen han solo blindly jump to to warp speed to hyperspeed and just sort of he's like no i got this i know i i just know you know he he constantly just knows things that a person shouldn't know. We also know 
Wait, hold on. I want to wait, but on the light speed thing, I see what you're saying. And like you're saying, like he just jumps into it and he never crashes into anything. Right. But all the ships do that. No, he does it without the navigator. There's a navigator on the ship, mm. and he—I forget when. I think it's in the Force Awakens. He's like, "Oh, we just got to go," and they're like, "But you don't know where we're gonna go." And he's like, "That's just a risk we got to take. I got it. Trust me." And he just like bolts it, and they end up somewhere. You know. There's just no room for him being a badass. That's how he's a badass. I don't. But- All right, here's here's more. I got plenty more. Okay. So, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, so we note the odds, 3,720 to 1. Those are the odds, and he manages to do that a couple of times, I think. Right. Um, now, you could call it luck. You could call it skill, but do it, being good at something enough to, na- to, to beat the odds of 3,720 to 1. Right. You gotta be, I mean, there's no, there's no record of sure. anyone being good enough to do something like that. Obi-Wan Kenobi... Probably the best I mean, force user. I think we those have were about the odds that I was going to find a woman who would find me attractive, and I'm actually married. So, so far, so far, <laughs> yeah, so far I'm married. This is very true. So, I'm so far I'm beating the odds. I'm just saying. So, uh, Obi Wan has said that he doesn't believe in luck in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. So the odds of him being actually—what does he say in the special edition? I believe he says, try Fritos. <laughs> <laughs> now with Mountain Dew flavor. <laughs> Actually, I would eat a Frito with Mountain Dew flavor. Yeah. Anyway. So, so we've got that. Um, I'm trying to think what else we got. Oh, uh, uh, in Return of the Jedi. I See, this one was the one that sold it for me. Return of the Jedi, he's fr- uh, unfrozen from carbonite, right? He is brought to be uh, uh, thrown into the Sarlacc pit with Luke Skywalker and Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. They're all going to be thrown in there. I think Lando as well. Oh no, Lando's Lando's in hiding. Lando's in disguise. Yeah, yeah. He's getting ready to, to free him. And, and uh, um, R2-D2 got a waitering job. Right, that's true. So I think R2-D2 took up being an actor for a living <laughs> or some shit like that. Yeah, good times. So he... Um, <laughs> That's all you had to say to that. <laughs> all right. Anyway. So uh, he's blind from the carbonite, right? Being right. unfrozen blinds him for a period of time. There's a part where he is hanging upside down on the ship. And he has his blaster. I believe he's he's either like... Oh, I, I think he's fallen off and Chewbacca is, catches him by the foot. This is after Boba Fett, if I remember correctly. Uh, after Boba Fett? It's, I mean, it's... Boba Fett's flying around in this scene. Right, but I'm saying but what happens is Boba Fett he knocks Boba Fett, Boba Fett's jetpack goes off Je- Boba he slams Fett into the ship. Slams into the ship and then falls into the starlight. I don't remember I mean it's seconds apart, oh. so I don't I don't remember if it's before or after, but it's within a minute of okay. that. Um so I believe Lando is has fallen off. And Han is about to fall off as well, and Chewie grabs him by the leg. And Lando has been grabbed by the Sarlacc, and it's it's bringing him down. And Han Solo says, wait, wait, I've got this, I've got this. And he takes his blaster out. He's blind, and he aims it at Lando. And Lando's like, I'm good, actually. You know what? This is going to be fine. I'll see you in a thousand years, or whatever, right? Right. Um, And he's like, no, no, I can do this. I just, I, I can do this, trust me. And he shoots the blaster and hits the tentacle that's pulling Lando in, and he ends up saving Lando. Right. That was the one that I was like... Is this them trying to tell us something? Yeah, but at some point, he also, like, his vision starts to come back. Not at that point. He wasn't taught. Didn't he say something like, I can see? No. Yeah, like, he said something he's like, blind. I can see shapes or something like that. Uh, maybe, but he's 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 blind for all intents and purposes. 
I... All right. What... I... I don't know. See, here's the th- here's the main thrust of this ar- argument that, that always bothers me is that just from a storytelling point, it it kind of collapses the di- the dynamic that all the characters then have. If if Han Solo is force sensitive, if Han Solo has the force running through him, then then there's no one to relate to in this movie. Like Han Solo for for me has always been the audience's way into the movie. Because Han Solo is the one on the outside with us going, I don't know what the hell these people are talking. Sure, no, you I know get what that. I'm yeah, yeah. So to have him all, to have him also have a destiny that is force that that is tied to the force. And let me let me let me use your own point against you. Let me just judo your own son point. of a bitch. You ready? Who who was it who wrote those first movies? George Lucas. Oh yeah. He doesn't know shit about Star Wars or movie making. All the more reason. Okay. Sounds to me like it was a happy accident or a Fox executive stepped in. Because that's where most of his good ideas came from. A Fox executive stepping in and saying, hey, I don't like this idea. Like um, Luke Skyrunner or whatever. I think that was his oh, name. Oh, it was... Um, Cloud Runner or something. No, it was Star Killer. Oh, Luke Star Killer. That was it. Yeah. And how he was, like, half-lizard. Okay. Or like, And, like, Obi-Wan was a robot, I think, or something. Yeah. But... Damn it. I mean, if you're using the whole George Lucas doesn't know <laughs> anything about Star Wars argument, yeah. you can't really yeah. rebuttal that. But I just... I see what you're saying. But then also, the whole... I don't know. The the whole charm of the character gets stripped away from here's, me. No, no, it doesn't. So here's the thing. You can have the charm of the character be in a reluctance to accept the truth. Which right. he is. He's skeptical. That's still his character. Right. He's still skeptical that the Force exists. Right. Um, it doesn't make it any different. Just because he... If he is subconsciously um, stifling his Force abilities... He is still the same Han Solo we know. It's but not like he secretly had the ability to just, like, force choke people the whole time. But wouldn't someone around him sense this? Wouldn't Obi-Wan at some point go, the force, there, you have the force within you? Uh, you know, especially in that scene where where he's going... I was just going to bring that scene and he's up. Going, you know, all this force is bullshit. It, it is interesting that nuts. the way Obi-Wan talks to him in that scene is well, almost as it's almost as though he knows something. You know, he says like, uh, perhaps it could be could be no more than hokey religions, you know. Um, which you can just chalk it up to Obi-Wan being old and wise, but at the same time it could be that he does know something but, is up. But it doesn't make any sense that he would have Luke um it doesn't have it make any sense that he would have Luke and train Luke and sense the it force does. within Han. It does, and not say, "Hey, no, that's a good question." You know, you could, you know, this guy you could say also. This help. is all bullshit, but you actually have it within you, and I'll show you right now. So, a couple things. One, um, have you ever? Have you? <laughs> I know the answer to this question. I didn't when I thought of it. Um, I want you to imagine finding a militant atheist and pre- <laughs> and preaching to them about Christianity. Okay, sure. And you think, oh no, you've got, you know, you, you know, you've got Jesus in you, right. and they're just going to be like, 
wow, really? You know, this is right. a dude who is very I'm not, clearly like... I'm not like, saying he would turn right away, but... Well, I, I would say the opposite. I would say that he would be more... You do that sort of thing to someone and it's going to push them further away. I think Obi-Wan knows that this guy is going to be a key component at some point. Right. In fact, he comes out... So the Death Star is the size of a moon, right? right. He comes out of nowhere and just knocks Darth Vader out of the sky. Who? Oh, um, Han Solo. Han Solo does? Yeah. yeah. Yes, but here's the thing about... Here's the thing about... Going back to that yeah. scene where they're all talking. Yes, if I went up to a, a mill and an atheist and said, you have Jesus within you. Um, and yes, that mill and an atheist would probably push away even further. Yeah. But also, I... That's something that I'm saying based on faith. But that's what this is. But Obi-Wan can sense the force and can sense the fourth just like christians can sense jesus it's the same thing it's not it is i mean it it turns out to be something different but at that time the way han solo perceives it it is that way it's hokey religions it's goofy i can't believe you believe that i'm saying from obi-wan's perspective sure that he can actually feel like i mean and maybe this is just my interpretation of of it but my feeling has always been that when they say they can sense the force, it's almost a physical feeling to it. Sure. Like, the, like a magnet attracting yeah. kind of thing. And so what I'm saying is, if, you know, whereas when I talk to a mill and an atheist and say you have Jesus within you, that's something I'm going on on faith. I don't feel that. I'm okay. saying imagine through you, my beliefs. Imagine you are a person who believes that is a fact. Right. But again, it's I would, the same thing. Yes, but in that case, I would believe that about all people. Whereas Obi-Wan would feel sure. that about very specific Okay, people. now we're getting into semantics, though. Right, but because I, No, no, cause, because now you have to imagine that, okay, but you, you have to feel it in certain people in Christianity. Like, let's say no, this is but, a version of Christianity where you feel it or you don't in certain people. Right, but what, I, what I'm saying is that... Okay, I see. I get you what you're You know what, what I saying. mean? Yeah, I do. But, again, there's also, you know... Even if it was a version of Christianity where I could physically feel it within certain people or not certain people, there's nothing I can do to like prove that to them. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Whereas Obi Wan can teach Obi Wan can teach Han Solo sure, if you want to, to well, levitate something. And that that gets you know into the mean? problem like, of the timeline of that. Like we have a dude who's still alive from when. People were forced choking and throwing lightsabers right, right, and bringing right. them back with the force and, right, right, right. you know, ri- literally raising people from the dead using the force yes, and yeah. being born out of the force. Like, right. it doesn't really make much sense of the timeline. But that being said, I still think it is more likely that Obi-Wan knows that this guy is going to he's he's on he's on the railing right now okay. and he's going to fall one way or the other okay. and he doesn't want to push him too far. Now, here's the other thing about that scene, though. You said, why would he train Luke and not say, hey, why don't you both of you, whatever, whatever. Right. Luke has to, Anakin has to be the one who brings balance to the Force. No, I, I, yeah, no, I'm not saying why does he, why does he just train Luke and not fully train Han. But if he sends both Luke and Han in there at the same time, Darth Vader's going to have less of a connection and feel more of an ambush. There's a connection that he ends up making. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I'm not saying he, he could have fully trained Han. I'm just saying he could have proven something to Han. He could have, but... He could have just said, like, you know, you actually... You you look down on this and you think this is all crap, 
but you actually have this flowing through you. Well, watch, and I, think, I can show. Uh, watch, I'll, I'll prove it to you. Yeah, right. but I, I do think you know I, wanna... I, I do know what you mean. But I think this is a different type of person. This is a different type of culture. This is closer to. I mean, you know, Zen Buddhism was one of the right. main. You you rarely find a Zen Buddhist who's like. Listen, you think you're hot shit. Let me show you something cool. No, you know? I'm not saying that he, that Obi-Wan would show up. Yeah. I'm saying that Obi-Wan would just prove to Han using his Force sense But he doesn't need just to. Just enough. Why? To... I don't know. Because... I don't, I don't yeah, know. No reason. That's the, that's the Zen way of thinking. Why? What's it going to do for him? Nothing. He's got Luke. Han's going to help him out. He's confident in that. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. He he's he's helping the way he helps. Here's another uh, thing. So depending on wh- which version you watch, Greedo either shoots first or second. Right. If we watch the original trilogy, Han shot first. Han shot first. Right. He senses that Greedo is about to pull the trigger and yeah, he fires okay, it ahead of but time. This, if okay. we watch the new version, right. He does a move. That is ridiculous, and again, I hate to give credit to the remakes, but right. the he does a move that is very similar to the move that um, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon do in Phantom Menace when the blaster droids first appear, and they just, like, very quickly run down a hallway. Right. Yeah. I see. Yeah, I get what you're Where saying. They, yeah, they move super quick. Okay. <laughs> I mean, listen, there's no excuse for Rito shooting point blank and missing. But I... I Even if you got the force, like, still, that's it's like a four-inch shot. Definitely. But... The Han shot. I do think in the, the version where Han shot first, mm-hmm. I got to chalk that up to him being just experienced in being these in these awful cantinas in these. It could be, deathly but situations. he's not that old. No, no, I'm, it's not about age. Well, and it seems it's just like about like. Well, no, no, oh, no. I know hear me this out. Going to go down. It also seems like. Okay, experience. I know how this is going to go down. It seems like the first time that happens, you die, if you don't know how it's going to go down. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Uh, yeah, but it you know what I mean. I don't think it's something situation. you get good at. You, no, but you either you can, are good at it or right, you die. Right, but you can sense it. You know, you can get an uh, a sense of danger or how a conversation is going to go. Certainly, you know what would help with that. I, I know. What, I know. I'm walking right into it. I know that I'm walking right into it. I'm just saying. <clears throat> yes, but that one. That one, I think, goes fifty-fifty. That okay. One, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, here's the thing, though, is all of them go 50-50, and that's sort of the way the Force yeah. is, is presented to people in the show, is that, oh, it could be, I mean, until you get to the prequels, which right. sort of ruined all of that, but the whole point of the Force is that it's something you can believe, it's something that binds us all together, it flows through us, you know, right. it's it's not something you can point to, it's something you feel, you know? Yeah. Um, so let's, okay, then then as we kind of, like, wrap this up, let me let me step back. And as it is, coming at coming at the Star Wars trilogy with this idea, does it enhance your viewing of it? Does it do put a different, you know, light on it? Does it cause anything to be vastly different from before you, you know, had this idea, had this this inkling that? That there's something about this character that's that's not ever said. Yeah, I mean, I I really like it. The more you can, I would like to think it was intentional. Uh, I think it probably isn't. Right. But I I love to, I love fan theories that hold up. Right. And there's nothing in this movie that points to the fact that that points to a provable fact that he does not have uh, a an akinness a to the force. Yeah. Okay. All right, that's fair. 
we should do a fan th- we really need to do a fan theory episode because <laughs> i also lo- like this is a, it is an interesting fan theory <clears throat> um and there's a bunch of them for star wars yeah, alone definitely that uh some are complete ridiculousness that yeah. are just hilarious well, i think we should just do various fan theories on various episodes because like yeah. one of the fan theories for a long time was that boba fett was a woman which is uh, the other thing that we were going to do today. Yeah, exactly. That was the yeah. other option. So that's another one we could do at yeah. a different we're time. We're still going to do that one. The Joss Whedon <laughs> written <laughs> yeah. Boba Fett as a woman yeah. uh, Han Solo movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of these. There's the Indiana Jones as Han Solo and Carbonite. Oh, yeah, theory, I know that one. Which is, believe me, complete crap. But at the same time, there's just something fun about it. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. But it's basically just that, I mean, there's... That one's not, hard for me because oh, oh, believe me. because it's just that a one dream. It's complete crap. Like you could you could literally do that about any of his movies. Like yeah. maybe The Fugitive. Right. The Fugitive is actually what what Han Solo is thinking of, what he's dreaming the, of. Well, I think The Fugitive is what happens um, to uh, Mutt Jones after Crystal Skull. Is that Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. <sighs> There, you know, there's a fan theory out there that there was a fourth Indiana Jones movie. Did you ever hear that one? Uh, no. I heard the one about the the second and third Matrix movies. Yeah, I heard that one too. That there's a second and third. Matrix They were Matrix thinking about movie. making them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or they're yeah. in a vault somewhere. or yeah, something. I have heard. That, I heard that one. Or that there's like twelve Resident Evil movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last one that's coming out. This summer, did you see that? Is it the last one? I mean, they're really, they're actually promoting it as the uh, last one. Um, that has nothing to do with the original no, time. No. Okay. Um, I mean, it's an interesting idea. And and I'm not, and I will say, I don't have, I actually went into this being like, oh, I'll definitely have counter arguments yeah. at this point. <laughs> and I don't really. We should rewatch this movie together, all, and, all three of the movies, and then come and back then to point this. Out, well, I think we should do an audio commentary just based around like okay here's, here's a, a point here's a point sure. where he's yeah. more sensitive here's a point where or yeah any of the the we should cut co- yeah i mean mm. we should cover a bunch of different fan theories and yeah. then go through the movies and do ooh. that ooh ooh okay um yeah but it it this is one of those fan theories that is interesting because it kind of holds up yeah I will grant you that. Like, you could put this... You could yeah. layer this over top of watching the movie. Well, and keeping in mind, like, you asked me if uh, what we should do today, and at, like, 4.30 I said this, you know? Yeah. And uh, so this is just going off of memory. Right. You know? I right. mean, I'm sure there are people who have written all sorts of articles about this. There's, I'm sure there's, there's a fan theory as well that projects. Boba Fett killed um, uh, Uncle Owen and, and uh, Aunt Beru. Oh, yeah, that, that one's totally really good. Been. Yeah, that, well, and, and there's stuff like they've been disintegrated, which doesn't look like the mo of a stormtrooper. Oh yeah, and there's yeah, yeah. A, a line later on where Darth Vader says, uh, "Bring me these people," and then stops Boba Fett from leaving and says, "And no, no disintegration rays." Yes, yeah, I actually buy that one yeah. more than than this. Which Uncle Owen was Anakin's on. brother, right? Yes. So he'd have been super pissed off about he'd that. Super pissed. <laughs> um. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's, it was this was at least a good a good kind of fun discussion yeah it was um should we go on to reading let's assignments? do it let's do it you want to start it or you want me to start i'll start okay i uh you gave me mm-hmm. earth one superman yes uh by someone whose name i can't pronounce it also michael straczynski uh, j michael straczynski hold on a second and he also shane some, davis and shane davis um but he has some cred to him and i can never 
remember what he, he made wrote. those uh, violins, right? Those really yes. famous violins. He made the famous violins. The Straczynski. What's his name? Straczynski. Stradivarius. No, Stra- the the guy on this. Str- um, Straczynski. Straczynski. Oh, he wrote. Okay, he six consonants in a row. Here's a couple of things he wrote. Um, Thor. He created Thor. Yeah, he created Thor. He has written Thor. He has written. He wrote the movie Thor. Oh, the movie. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, he seems to be involved in Babylon Five a lot. Oh, cool. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? Hold on. There was some other big one. Was it Earth One? Oh, World War Z. Oh, nice. The screenplay for World War Z. Yeah. Um. He created the Netflix show Sense8. Uh, I feel like there's something else. That I, I watched World War Z in a gym once. <laughs> I mean, that's where you, you should watch it. Yeah. It was good, though. It wasn't bad. Have you seen it? Um, I have. Have you ever read the book? No. Fantastic. I know. I want to. I, well, I want the book on tape. Oh, yeah. The book on tape is also supposed to be really good because it's yeah. an all-star cast. Um, yeah. he's. I mean, he's a, he's a pretty big screenwriter. Uh yeah, oh changeling that one by oh um what's her face Angelina Jolie that one oh um yeah but he was a big screenwriter I mean still is you know he still has other stuff coming up yeah um anyway but he he has since now dabbled into comics so as you were saying <laughs> it was very good I really enjoyed it uh. I this this I think is my favorite Superman comic. Yeah, even. it's really it's if, really well if done. someone came up to me and this will never happen, but if I was talking comics with someone and right. they said, you know, I know nothing about Superman, this is what I would hand them. Yes, yeah, I like this. Like, and I said this to you last week. I was really struck by this because there are a million origin stories, especially yeah. for Superman. Um, I swear to God, there's one every other year yeah. where they have to feel like they have to restart. Sure. Um, this one I felt like does the best as far as, um, capturing Clark. Yeah. And I think that is really the key to writing a good Superman story when you have, and they, it's funny, they said this about, screenwriters said this when they were doing Superman Returns and it's, and as much as people dislike that movie, they dislike it because there's not a lot of action in it. Oh, sure. And that's what the screenwriters said. They were like, listen. He can do anything he wants. Yeah. You know, the, when you're writing a story about Superman, you have to write a relationship story. You have to write about the guy. You can't write about the superhero. Yeah. Because otherwise that gets boring. Yeah. There's nothing. It's not relatable. Um, but this, it really, it's the first time you see him, I think, nervous and unsure of himself. Sure. You know? Well, yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, because he... Uh... He really has everything with this. Like he's he's a genius. Right. Um, we rarely <clears throat> see a young Clark Kent as just like absolute, like the smartest man on yes. the planet. Yes. Yeah. 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 It definitely takes a different turn in that. It's he... refreshing to really see a very nerdy Clark Kent as well at the end. Yes. He finally gets it back. Uh, I felt like they did a very good job modernizing this as well. He's very much a like modern day hipster nerd. By the end, with yeah. the, the big frame glasses and his teeth are sort of sticking out, and he's wearing like a skinny tie. And, right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. And that last image of him, and if you ever read the, um, I I own the two 
following vo- volume two and volume yeah, three. Yeah, I, I would love to to read those. You get, there, I have them. I own them digitally, and you can if you yeah. still have access to yeah, it, yeah. I can give you access to it. But um, the, it continues on with that, and it's again, it's one of the few stories that I buy. Lois and Perry and Jimmy not knowing that Superman is Clark yeah, Kent. It's really because good. Because they really build up that nerdy. Again, because he's an alien and he doesn't know what to do and he's been alone. I love that idea of I've been alone my entire life. Yeah. I have, I've had to be completely alone my entire life. Um, and so he is socially awkward and he is like an alien. Yeah. And he doesn't know what that's to do. That's his natural state. They, they say the mask. Yeah. Yes. They say you don't wear a mask when you're when you're superman you take the mask off off. and then you put it back on to blend in with everyone else yeah which i love yeah is that let me see i'm trying to think there's a scene i'm thinking of that is fantastic well i will say well while you're looking for that i'll say never in my life have i thought to myself the words consecutively jimmy olsen what a badass right (laughs) they i mean of all the things they do to modernize um this story and to modernize this world that was really good. Yeah. He's Jimmy Olsen really going in for awesome. the shot with no fear. Yeah, just running in. Um, I love the idea that they kind of build this character in Jimmy Olsen that... No, it's not in here. Um, right. That uh, they build this character in Jimmy Olsen that Clark can really kind of look up to and aspire yeah. to. Which makes sense on why, yeah, why they're, so, they're best friends yeah, in the future. They're so closely knit. Yeah, it's it's really kind of interesting. Yeah, well, there's a scene in there as well that I really like where uh, they, it got me. Like, it totally, it, I, it got me hook, line, and sinker. Where the, the main mm-hmm. villain of the piece is sort of going on and on about the destruction of planets. Right. And how he he was sent here from to search and he's gone from planet to planet looking for Clark. And right. he's, he's finally found him and now he's going to destroy him. Even if it's not him who destroys Clark, 20 others will come and, you know, they'll keep yeah. coming till whatever, whatever. And, you know, eventually Clark interrupts him and he's like, you know, I always hated it when the bad guys monologued and i was like yeah that's what i was just, just thinking, thinking. Yeah. and then the villain says yeah but i was doing it to stall look behind yeah, you and i was like real, oh! yeah yeah they really think they out, got me like, double they took all of the tropes that you think you yeah. know going into a superman story yeah. and kind of turned it on its head which is kind of fantastic yeah um i'm going to just to give you uh like a teaser to get you really interested in, in the other volumes i think it's in the second one superman has to grapple with getting laid. Nice. Yeah. It's that it's that fanboy talk that everyone has had actually put into a comic book. <laughs> Superman really has to grapple oh. with can I have sex with someone? Sure. Um so if if that if you didn't want to read volume two already, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's good enough just for that storyline. Alright. It's fantastic. Sure. Um You got anything for me? Yeah, I do. I'm not even going to bother giving you a copy because I know for a fact that you have it. I'm going to assign you Marvel's Secret Wars. Oh, sure. Yeah. The, the, the newest one. The plural, the, right? The, yes. the newest plural one. Because the there's Secret War. There's Secret Wars, then there's Secret War. And then there's, then there's Secret, Secret Wars. Wars. Okay. I'm giving you Secret Wars. Okay. Make sense? Yes. Okay, I got great. it. Um, yeah. I, uh, I just... This was just given to me by a friend. Um... And it, it's funny that I'm assigning you a Marvel thing, but yeah. I I really like it. It's um. Well, I gave you the Paul Dini thing a while back. You too. did give me the Paul Dini thing, so yeah. tit for tat. <laughs> um, 
I think you're going to really like it. It's, uh, it has, without saying too much, it has kind of an old man Logan oh, okay. feel to it in that you're just in a world that you yeah. just kind of want to live in. Sure. Also, um, because there's a giant map of territories and I'm a sucker for any any comic book that has a giant map of imaginary territories sure I want to read that comic book yeah in fact if anyone out there in the void knows of any more comics that have a giant map of territories or if they could just make us maps or just make us maps for existing did comics did you ever see have you seen the Grant Morrison multiverse po- map poster that has all of like the 52 DC multiverses. Oh, in no, it. I'll show it to you. It's all really right. fantastic. It's got like heaven and hell in it. It's crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, give that a read because it's, it's Secret Wars is is really good. Um, and like I said, it, it's one of those worlds you just want to live in. So I gave you Seconds? Yeah, you gave me Seconds by Brian Lee O'Malley. Brian Lee O'Malley, who's famous for writing uh, Scott Pilgrim, sure is. Um, wrote a second. A uh, piece of work, aptly titled "Seconds," uh, for a number of reasons. Um, it is about very quickly. It's about a, a woman in her thirties. I don't know if they ever state that. But I, yeah, I, I like to assume that it you is. You know, it's funny. I read it as twenties because I was in my twenties when okay, I read it. That's so fair. I think it works really well for who, whatever the for, age for of the person who's reading is. it. Um, Our generation, yes. whatever that is. Uh, and she is a uh, she's a chef. She has her own restaurant. She's kind of not completely thrilled with with her lot in life um and through you know some kind of mystical events um finds she has the ability to erase any mistakes in her past that she that she might have encountered and the the repercussions from this um i really enjoyed this i i not, i was not as mystified or or taken in by it as scott pilgrim uh it's been a while since i've seen it since i've read scott pilgrim i need to right. reread it because i i thought i liked this better but maybe i'll need to reread it to find I, you out. know and and but but they're both really good yeah and and what i like about his writing is and i think you kind of you we kind of accidentally touch on this is that you can kind of relate to it wherever you are in life yeah. at this point when i read when you assigned me scott pilgrim and i read it 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 took me back to the days of being in your early 20s yeah. and you know having your whole life ahead of you yeah. and not knowing what you wanted to do and trying to figure out all that that entails and trying to figure out how to become an adult and make responsible decisions yeah um seconds to me is is very much a story about you are now an adult yeah and you have made those decisions oh <laughs> yeah and some of them may not have gone the way that you wanted to and maybe life is not all that you had uh planned for it to be in your 30s but you have to live with those decisions and you have to be okay with that and and realize that the good the bad decisions and the bad outcomes yeah are just as a, as much a part of having a rich life as the good decisions and the good moments yeah um it's a very um sort of uh what's what's the one i'm looking for it's not scrooge i don't think but it sort of is a little scrooge like yeah. like what what would the world be like without me you oh, know, you or, or whatever. Of, uh it's a wonderful life 
Uh, well, no, I mean, you know, he, uh, like, when death comes in. Or, oh, uh, I see what you're saying. Whenever yeah. he sees, like, how people yes. aren't sad. He sees where people are <laughs> yeah. uh, in present day and stuff like that. It's very, like, what would it be like if X thing wasn't the case? Right, yeah. I mean, that's, a, it, it, I'm always kind of, the one thing I'm always impressed with Brian Lee O'Malley is that he does a whole lot with a whole little. Yeah. You know, his his art is very simple and basic and um, and wide. yet stunning. And yet like, stunning. It's, you can't not look at it. Well, the other thing is what, with his stuff is I always, with less detail, I can fully imagine myself in that world. Yeah. Like she's driving around in her car and I can picture exactly what it feels like in her car. Yeah. And I think that's, again, basically because he plays on things that we all have felt in places we've all been in our lives. Definitely. We've all had that crappy car in yeah. the middle of winter, you know, <laughs> driving around. And like, I can feel it. I can feel, yeah. like, the chips on the on the side of the, the dashboard and things yeah. like that, where the rubber's coming off and things because you've just driven this car into the ground, yeah. and it's winter. And well, it's, that's a very generational thing for us. Right. So that's yeah, that's not true. something that baby boomers would really get, I No, think. but, you know, like, just the, the, having that crappy car yeah. th- that's pre-owned, and it takes a while to warm up, and it's... You know, in the middle of February, you've got a, you've got that job that pays well, that but pays it's not fine. really what you, you want to do, and you're trying to do the thing you want to do, but do. it's not really it's, exactly. it's not working. It's not really panning out, and then you know, realizing that that's okay. Yeah, that you know, you are where you are, and that's that's fine. Yeah, and it doesn't mean you stop aspiring, but it doesn't mean that you absolutely hate where you are because where you are now is building on what you want to exactly. Be. Um, so yeah, like I said, I wasn't. I didn't fall as in love with it as yeah. I did with with Scott Pilgrim, but I do love it as a companion piece. Yeah, yeah. Like it is, a, it, it is definitely a spiritual sequel to D- Scott. Did Pilgrim. you? Uh, th- there are two references to Scott Pilgrim in it. Did you, you said that, him? and I was at first I was looking for it, and then I was so taken into yeah. the story that I kind of like yeah. didn't even notice it. What are they? So there's there's one where um, I, I don't remember the the setup, but at some point someone <laughs> says bread makes you fat. Yes. Which is from the movie. Remember. Yes. Um, and maybe from the comic, but it's been so long since I've read it that I can't remember. Right. Um, also, Scott and Ramona are in the book. They are? <laughs> yeah, they're in the background in the restaurant in one scene. You're kidding me. No. I had to figure this out. Um, <laughs> I'll try to find it after we By the way, is he, is he Canadian? Oh, almost definitely. He's got to be, right? Yeah. Like, because everything I look at, every time I'm like, this is a small town in Canada. Yeah. It has to be. I was going to joke, and I was going to be like, Chris, he's Asian. <laughs> yeah, O'Malley? <laughs> well, he is, actually. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> well, this guy's got to come in from all sorts of different <laughs> Definitely. Canadian, Irish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but overall good. Good. Uh, what what'd you, what'd you got for me? You know, I was going to assign one thing for you, but since you're going to assign me Secret Wars, okay. I'm going to assign you Secret, Secret Wars. Wars. You son of a bitch. Good luck. Because it's, it's not bad, but it's a hard one to get Wait, you're assigning me the old Secret Wars? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, no, well, we were going to read the same one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have a copy of it? Yeah. Oh. i got to find it, but it's in the back somewhere. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I do actually want to read this because I've heard a lot about it. Um, this is going to, I have a feeling, is this going to be another demon in the bottle? No, I mean, it's, here's the thing. It's good. It's like 450 pages. Holy sweet, merciful crap. Yeah, it took me like three weeks to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm man enough for the challenge. (laughs) I can do it. Yeah. And it's like 450 
70s comic pages <laughs> you know of like great job using your transistor rays on that tree brian you know or whatever <laughs> oh yes the famous marvel hero brian brian kirchner oh um oh this just gets longer every time you talk about that's it. what she said I, it's, you can't see it at home, but he is so proud of himself for that. He's so proud of himself for that early 2000s bad office reference. I'll have you know, I was saying that's what she said well before The Office. I mean, who wasn't? Yeah. Really? All right. All right. Uh, I think that's it, right? That's a show? We did a show? We did one. We made a thing. <laughs> which is more than we can say for you lazy assholes just sitting there listening that's to true. us. That's true. Get off your asses. Make a podcast. Yeah. We'll listen to it if you Damn listen it. to ours. Yeah. I mean, listen to ours first. And Definitely. then make one. And then we'll say we listen to it. I listened to Eric Scottolotti's... Uh, not Movies? The not Movies. Yeah, I listened to um, Pie Heart. I have not Thanksgiving. That, I have not yeah. heard that one. It's pretty good. It's, it's pretty funny. Pretty um, they have a good time, and like it's funny because <laughs> I mean this in the nicest way because he's probably listening. But regardless of the quality of the movie, right? It is a hell of a ride, isn't it? Though <laughs> yeah. every one of them are like that. There's some. Um, uh, listen to the the um, the Mighty Ducks sequel D four. Oh, okay, it's a great one. Okay. Um, Pie Hard starred um, what's her face from Ghostbusters and Saturday Night Live. Um, Kate McKinnon. No, Leslie yeah. Jones. Yeah, Leslie Jones. Oh, did it? I gotta listen to that one. That's okay, I'm a couple behind on it. As, so I gotta, as like, like catch up uh, to. an ex Navy Seal. Brilliant! Uh, I love it. Yeah, I'm trying to, there. There's some. Oh, monsters are real. Oh, That's another one okay. that I so like. I texted him afterwards and I was like, I I want to make this movie. It's brilliant. Um, all right i'll check that one yeah out. yeah there's a couple of them i can recommend to you um overall if you're anyone who's listening to this that isn't scott eric scott Lottie, scott eric Lottie. scott for the longest time funny side note story for the longest time my wife thought his name was scott Alotti. because yes mr Alotti. because we always refer to each other by our last names and i would say scott Lottie's coming over and then one time i was like hey oh we're gonna see eric and she went who and i went eric that's funny because I when I told my girlfriend about this podcast, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm am doing a podcast with Chris," and she was like, "Who's that?" And I was like, "Chris, you know, Chris. oh asshole." That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Zing! Very well done. Thank you. Uh, oh, hey Andrew. Yeah. Hey Andrew. What? Hey Andrew. Yes. Hey Andrew. Okay. Where can they find us? Well, they can find us on Twitter.com, where our handle is uh, Media Lunch Break. They can find us on uh, SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break. Dose. You can also listen to us on YouTube, Trace. iTunes, or uh, Google Play Music. Single. You can subscribe to us on all of those. Give us a nice, good rating. You can check out our website on TheMediaLunchBreak.com. Send us an email at TheMediaLunchBreak at gmail.com. You can also chip in a couple bucks if you want on a recurring basis, or maybe just one stone at our Patreon, which is Patreon.com slash TheMediaLunchBreak. And last but not least, my favorite one, because it's the one I didn't have to work on, it's our Facebook, made 
by the gracious Chris Treble. Boom shakalaka! And that's it. We Now we've done a thing. Now we've fully done a thing. Big thanks to Brian Kirchner <laughs> yep. for our theme song. For using his transistor rays and secret wars. Yeah, and saving the universe the ways that he does. One piano key at a time. Alright, I don't know when we're going to do this next. I don't know what we're going to say, but at some point, sometime, somehow, some way, it's going to happen. Until then... There's only one, and there only will be. Yeah! Bye, everybody! Bye! Would have been great if I like stopped it right there, and that would have been like a really like solid like professional ending. We don't have cold openings anymore. We have cold endings. <laughs> I like to think the the whole show is pretty cold. That's absolutely throughout true. Throughout and lifeless, like us. <laughs>